This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 88-inch. On this week's episode, we are joined by two fans who are inspired by Weird Al, podcast and radio host Byron Lee, and artist and video editor Alicia Bonviri. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Happy New Year, listeners. Happy New Year, Ethan. Happy New Year, everybody. What a year 2020 was. Excited to start off first episode of the brand new year. But man, how much fun was it last week getting to chat with David Grant and Zeb Lemke? Yeah, they are both such great guys. I love talking to people who are so obviously inspired by Al the way both of them are. I always love having musicians on like Zeb and Durwood and Devo Spice, Metal Al, but it's really cool to get to kind of expand out into other people who are inspired by Al. Like, of course, David Grant last week and then our two guests this week. It's really fun to get to talk to these artists who just grew up with Weird Al and really took the inspiration from Al and made these really great things for the world. Yeah, talking to all these great people who are inspired by Al, that's just one of the great many perks of hosting this podcast. I mean, we're so inspired by everyone that we've talked to. We're so inspired by everyone out there who was and continues to be inspired by Weird Al in their own way. I mean, we plan to do more episodes of this vein in the future, so please stay tuned. Well, Dave, the new year is finally upon us, and Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast had a great year, despite, you know, things. But really interesting is 2020 was our first full calendar year of the podcast since we started it partway through 2019. Oh, that is a great piece of trivia. Now, we know you are all aware that our podcast shares three out of the four digits with 2020. As such, our first matter of business in the new year is to change our podcast name to Dave and Ethan's 2021-inch Weird Al Podcast. We are so very excited to celebrate the new year with our brand new podcast name. I just think... It's just been a long time coming. You know, before we settled on 2000 inch, we had uh, um, Ethan. uh, Ethan, Frank is telling me that changing the podcast name means that we are going to need to refile our podcasting license with the Canadian Radio, Television and Telecommunications Commission. And until that paperwork clears, we're legally still Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast. You know, Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, such a great name. I'm so happy that we get to keep it. Here's looking forward to a great 2021 with Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. For now. Let's move on to the Weird Al news. We have some sad news to share. Actress Dawn Wells, best known for her portrayal of Marianne on Gilligan's Island, has sadly passed away. Now, we were actually in talks with her publicist to have her on the podcast for an interview. How cool would that have been to actually talk to Mary Ann of Gilligan's Island on the podcast? That would have been so great if we would have gotten to talk to Mary Ann. Now, Tina Louise, who plays Ginger, 
is the sole surviving member of the Gilligan's Island cast. Tina, if you're listening, please email our intern, Frank. We'd love to talk to you. Our thoughts go out to Donwell's family, friends, and fans, and from everyone here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, Gil and Chill in peace. In much happier news, we are excited beyond belief to announce that we have hit the big 2-7 on our Patreon. Congratulations to Patreon supporter number 27. Your celebratory prize is in the mail. If you want to join in on all the fun, head on over to patreon.com slash 2000 inch and sign up today. We are also thrilled to share something pretty stinking majestic with you. Our friend and Patreon supporter Summer Woods created an incredible rendition of our theme song as a bossa nova song. Dave, do you know what a bossa nova song is? Of course I do. I was just actually talking to our resident bossa nova song historian earlier today, and I found out that it's a style of samba which was developed in the late 1950s and early 1960s in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Let's take a listen to Summer's rendition of our theme song right now. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, a whole podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. You have to listen, but we're glad you are. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Oh, that is so awesome. I feel like I've been transported back to the 1950s in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. (laughs) It is so cool. Thank you so much, Summer. Be sure to follow Summer on her Instagram at Summer Woods Music and Cosmic Spaz on YouTube and check out her live stream concert this Friday. What was that? Sorry, uh, it's my time of the month. Wait, your time of the month? Yeah, the time I make a weird noise that sounds like a combination of a cuckoo clock and a fart. Well, that may be the case, but this time I think that was the noise that we hear when we get a spatula message on the official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast 347 spatula hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing and incredible Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. All right, let's check out this week's message. Hey, guys, I just wanted to say this week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double wrapped in the quesadilla. Burrito Burrito, come on down to Burrito Burrito. Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. All right, thanks a lot. Bye. Wow, what a great message. Thank you so much for calling in. Yes, uh, now be sure to leave your name next time you call so we can properly credit you on the podcast. But yes, thank you. Thank you for that message. All right, it's time to introduce this week's first guest. Dave and I are thrilled to welcome to the program. He's a friend of ours who works with the visually impaired and has been inspired by Al in many ways. In one, he hosts a weekly comedy music radio show called The Fun Zone, and we can't wait to hear all about it. Please welcome Byron Lee. How's it going, Byron? 
Hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How you doing? It's great. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> well, I, I love your podcast. And I got to say, I am subscribed to, oh, I don't know, I would say 200 podcasts or more. Wow. And uh, <laughs> you're, you're my favorite Weird Al-based podcast. Wow. What a high honor. <laughs> wow. Thank you. I, I know. <laughs> thank you so Amongst much. Amongst all 27 of them. Right. <laughs> Wait, wait, how, wait. How do you have time to listen to 200 podcasts? Well, so I am one of those people that can't sleep at night unless I've got a radio or something on. And so what I do is I just I play the most recent uh, thing in the list and I go to sleep and I might you guys might. You guys might lull me to sleep, but I definitely listen. <laughs> but uh, or I might be sleeping when you come on, but I definitely listen. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know what it is. I can't, if it's a silent room, it just doesn't work for me. Wow. That's, I mean, I don't know if I know of any other listeners who listen to us in their sleep, but hey, as long as the listens are coming in, we don't care. Listen. <laughs> That's right. Whatever works for you, right? And it That's does so make funny. for really weird dreams, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you must, I mean, being as big of a fan of Weird Al as you are, you must have strange Weird Al dreams anyway, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, there, I, I, I wonder what nightmare or what, what dream it was that uh, made Al decide to go vegan. Because I, I assume it must have been really, really disturbing <laughs> to wake up and go, never again, never again. <laughs> uh, so I mentioned in the intro, you have a weekly comedy music radio show called The Fun Zone. And... That is very near and dear to my heart because I used to host a weekly two-hour comedy radio show uh, for about eight years. Yeah. So I would love for you to tell us about The Fun Zone. Well, I have been doing The Fun Zone since, um, gosh, probably 1999. Let's wow. Let's, you know, cue up the, uh, let's cue up the harp sound effect, you know, the flashback. <laughs> it started out on, uh, do you guys remember Live 365? I, no, I don't know. There was a streaming service way back in the day uh, called Live 365, and it was basically a, a website where anyone could start up their own their own stream, and you could make it replay your stream uh, 24/7 when you're not on live. And so people could, for a while there, way back in the day, they could they could go to a specific website and hear the Fun Zone in repeat. Um, and then when I was on live, it would actually take over and play the live stream. And so that's where it started. Wow. And, uh, my, my friend Jim, who runs a radio station out of Springfield, Illinois, uh, WQNA Springfield, you guys might remember those call letters from uh, Wacky Ben's uh, show, which was also on WQ&A. Um, Jim contacted me one Thanksgiving day and said, hey, we all of our students are off for the holidays and the transmitter is wide open. If you want to do a show, I'm going to give you the keys. So uh, I streamed for the very first time on a radio station in Illinois from Phoenix, Arizona, over the magic of the internet, I streamed my first fun zone in probably, oh, like my first radio affiliated fun zone in like 2000. Wow. And ever since then, I, I picked up a bunch of other radio stations, WT&D, LP Macomb. Um, we, we, we have a whole group of stations that carry the show called the Global Community Radio Network. And they are a nationwide group of radio stations that carry uh, basically community 
produced programming. And they carry it on non-commercial, low-power FM stations, usually run by colleges or nonprofit organizations. And so the show is affiliated uh, with with that network and thus might be in your city uh, through there. You can also get it from my website, www.byronlee.com. That's B-Y-R-O-N-L-E-E.com. I do <laughs> podcast it. So it is available as a podcast, as an RSS feed. If you like uh, getting your getting your radio shows that way, and it's also available as a video stream through Twitch, so you can watch me and you can watch my hairline slowly receding as the show goes on on Twitch. <laughs> That's incredible that you know you've been doing the show for that long. Anyone who has ever done a show will realize how much work goes into that, but anyone who hasn't probably has no idea how many hours and hours and hours a week you're probably putting into the show. Yeah, it's definitely crazy because we like to try and do a theme every week. So last week we did we did nothing. We just we just did, you know, sort of random stuff. Cuz you got you got to give people a chance to request the random weird stuff that doesn't fit anywhere. <clears throat> but <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. Oh, there we go. Next theme. Frogs. There we go. Frogs. Next week frogs. <laughs> we've we've done uh We've done everything from phones to uh, TV theme songs. We did one that was all earworms. We did an all acapella fun zone. So we've covered just about every topic there is. Um, and then, we, of course, we have our, our random shows, which are just kind of um, anything goes. Cool. Definitely looking forward to that. I've got to subscribe now because I've got to up my podcast game. I'm about 198 podcasts short of your 200. So you got a lot this, of catching up to do. This will help me on the way. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Now, this is really interesting because not only do you host this fun, amazing Fun Zone podcast, you also created a UHF description track for visually impaired people to watch UHF. First of all, what is a description track? So the, the term is called audio description. You might see it on your TV um, as the SAP button, uh, which stands for secondary audio programming. And um, so this is a fun experiment you guys should try. If you're, if you're sighted and you've never heard of an audio description, look for the SAP button on your remote control at, you know, during prime time, go to one of the major networks like ABC, NBC, CBS, mm -hmm. uh, about seven or eight o'clock at night during a weekday, and and change the audio of your TV to uh, either Spanish or Espanol or the secondary audio programming or what you know whatever it is in your audio settings that you have to do to make it come up. And what's what's going to happen is you're going to hear a narrator that will explain everything that's happening on the screen for people that can't see. Um, there's another way that you can do it also is through Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu. Oh. There are certain shows that have audio descriptions. So if you go to the audio and subtitle section on your favorite Netflix show, if it's a Netflix original, chances are it'll be on there. Wow, um, cool. And you can, you can check it out. It's really cool. Wow. You created one for our favorite movie, UHF. Yeah. Well, it, it hadn't been done yet. And I've been waiting for a descriptive audio track of UHF for years and it never happened. And I was thinking, okay, you know, this, this is getting more and more popular 
you know, the, the studios are starting to go back into their catalog and do older movies. And I thought, you know, surely someone is going to eventually do UHF. And it never happened. And so I just got tired of waiting around. And it was the 30th anniversary of UHF when I when I did it. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not a pro. I don't know all the rules and criteria that one has to do to do a proper audio description track, but I'm going to do my best. And so I, uh, I used Adobe Audition and Audacity, uh, two Windows audio editing programs in conjunction to, um, you know, work on the project. And um, it took me about three weeks to do because wow. um, I, I, I wanted to line everything up properly and duck the audio down at the right spots and everything. And it, so it took, it took a long time to watch the movie, write the script, and then watch the movie while reading the script and make sure I got everything. I still left stuff out. I still left stuff out. Um, and then I had to record it and then piece it all together. And um, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm definitely a rookie, though, when it comes to audio description, because there are things that we don't, as blind people, we don't need described. And I still made the rookie mistake. For example, uh, there is a scene where George Newman and Stanley Spadowski are sitting out on the steps of the station and they're trying to figure out how in the heck are we going to save the station? And I said, George Newman gets an idea. Now my blind friend, Chris suggested that next time I, if I ever go back and remaster this, which I probably will, if I ever go back and remaster it, what I should do is actually describe what George Newman's face is doing that makes me think he has an idea. So George uh, Newman's eyebrows shoot up or Ju George Newman's eyes go wide or something like that. So, because when you say that someone looks sad or they look bored or they have an idea, a blind person um, doesn't get to make the call as to what that means. Like we said, if people do, when you see someone's eyebrows shoot up into the, in, into their forehead, you go, Oh, he had just had an idea. But when you tell the blind person that the person just had an idea, they don't get to make that judgment call. They, they are then told that the person had an idea right. and they don't get to actually, you know, make that call. So, uh, I, I made a few mistakes like that. There were a couple of uh, audio editing mistakes. Like I think at one point near the end of the movie, I have the same line in there twice, which is kind of a, a pain. Um, and there are places where I probably should have described something, but the dialogue was so tight. You know, with comedy, the dialogue is often so fast paced. It's hard to get descriptions in there because they're, they're it's just a joke a minute and it's hard to fit that in there. Um, so there were certainly some things, some things I wish I had described. So if I ever go back and remaster it, I will probably make a few adjustments. Since I've never done this before, and I'm excited to try it on, on Netflix or uh, one of the other suggestions you made, but will you only describe something when someone isn't talking? I know you said when there's really fast dialogue, you can't fit it in, but mm -hmm. what are the best practices for something like that? Yeah, so um, obviously you don't want to, just, just like you wouldn't want the music or the, um, you know, you wouldn't want the music or the title scene or anything like that to take away from, from, from the actual show. You wouldn't want the, the audio description to take away from the show either. Um, if you do it really well, if you do it right, the viewer or the listener gets, a, they feel like you are part of the show. If you mix things right and you describe things succinctly enough, you feel like you're actually supposed to be there and you're not stomping on dialogue. 
sometimes that's really hard because you have to make some judgment calls. This was a very iconic moment in the movie, and I have to stomp on dialogue to describe it. Versus, this is something that they... Hey, you just threw an egg at my head. Well, I don't need to actually describe that an egg got thrown at someone's head. I can I can just let the blind person figure that one out. Right. You know? Um, right, yeah. Also, there's like, you know, audio cues where, like, uh, do you know the scene where little Billy spits on uh, Uncle Nutsy? You know, hey, where do you want to go? <laughs> you know, he spits right, yeah. on him. I don't need to say he spits because it's pretty clear that he spits. Right. You know, I don't need to say that Bobo got hit in the face with a frying pan because, well, look up, look down, look at Mr. Frying Pan. You know, it's pretty easy. So, yeah, we don't need to describe everything that happens. I'll tell you that uh, Spatula City was one of those ones where I barely got to describe anything in that scene because... The only thing I think I described was that the dad hits himself in the forehead. My, my friend Chris, the same guy that told me that I should maybe be careful of how I describe certain things, he told me that for years he had no idea what that sound was. He assumed that... He's like, did he, did he hit the counter with a spatula? Did he... Did he? I don't know. What happened there? That's one of my favorite parts, that little slap. That slap. That <laughs> I can't imagine not knowing it. That It's such a great service that you're doing to, right. to help people who they literally cannot see that. So what other way are they going to do it? The studio hasn't put it out. You put out this awesome track. You brought us a couple clips. I wanted to play one just so Dave and I got a feel for it and, and so our, our audience can get a feel for it. All right, so let's check out the audio description track for Gandhi 2. No more Mr. Passive Resistance. He's out to kick some butt. This is one bad mother you don't want to mess with. Gandhi throws one man in the dumpster. He punches another man in the gut. Don't move, Gandhi jumps out of a red sports car. He's a one-man wrecking crew. He slams a man's head repeatedly on the bar. But he also knows how to pop. Gandhi sits at a restaurant with two attractive women. He reads a menu. Give me a steak, medium rare. Hey, Baldy! There is only one law, his law. Everyone dives for the ground as Gandhi shoots a machine gun. Gandhi, too. <laughs> That's <is> awesome. <laughs> You know, and and Gandhi too. There were so many moments in that in that scene that I didn't have room to uh, properly describe things. So those of you who are blind who are listening to this right now, there's a scene during Gandhi two where the fist goes through the guy's body, like it goes in his gut and it comes out his back, and a bloody fist popping up. But you could, you couldn't fit that in there, so you just kind of had to. You had to word it the best way possible to fit it in there. You only have so much time, so you have to make that decision of, of what can fit. Yeah, what goes and what stays. And, you know, the other thing about audio description is that it's not just for blind people because um, let's say you're you're washing dishes, you're doing work around the house, you're driving, um, and yet maybe you are going through um, a situation like I was binge watching Shameless um, a couple of weeks ago. 
just binge watching all nine se- or all ten seasons that Netflix has. Mm-hmm. And there were moments where I wasn't watching the screen. I was washing dishes. I was doing laundry. I was uh, well. I don't drive because I can't see. But um, you know, I was I was in a in an Uber heading somewhere. And so um, sighted people can totally do that. It's it, I would love audio description to get to the point where you use it the way that you use subtitles. Do you guys ever uh, turn the subtitles on? on your favorite TV shows or movies all the time. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of, I really hope that people get to the point where they go, you know what? I, I can't use my eyeballs right now. I'm busy doing stuff. I'm going to turn on the audio description track so I can keep watching my show. I definitely have different tiers of TV shows. There's ones like, you know, better call Saul or, you know, Mayans MC where it's like, I'm watching every second and I'm not blinking, but then there's other shows yeah. where it's like, yeah, I can, you know, kind of goof around on Facebook or or something while kind of half watching it. And I think that would be really helpful for some of those shows on my lower tier level where I'm not burning sure. my eyes staring at the screen. <laughs> and <laughs> I my... could tell you another place where, where having audio description would be really useful as a sighted person. Um, you're watching Better Call Saul and um, somebody gets, gets a text message or uh, an email or something, you know, something text wise happens on the oh, screen yeah. or there's subtitles. There's lots of Spanish, lots of foreign languages on Better Call Saul. And man, it's such a pain to like, you know, put on your glasses or pause it real quick or get closer so you can read the subtitle. Man, what a pain. So um, it's nice to have the audio description turned on because even though you can see it, something you know there might somebody might have a gun behind their back or or there might be a text message that pops up or a subtitle or you know someone is lurking in the shadows and you didn't see it um i've had people who are sighted who watched something with audio description on it and yeah it's kind of weird at first and maybe a little annoying because it's like i i i can see i don't need this right but then if you watch it for a while you'll realize oh man they described stuff i didn't even notice uh, a great example is i watched rocky horror this guy chris i told you guys about earlier he did um he did the audio engineering for the Rocky Horror Picture Show audio description and cool. there's a scene where uh in the wedding there's something written on the side of the car and I won't say what it is cuz it's not exactly family friendly but there's something <laughs> written on the side of the car and if you're not really paying attention and like analyzing every element of the, what's happening on the screen you'll miss it and it's funny wow and if, but if you don't see it, you're not going to get the, you're not going to get the joke. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but on your website, you definitely mention it. So I feel comfortable bringing it up here. You were born legally blind. Yep. So I'm trying to get the connection here. How does a legally blind person see enough of UHF to be able to describe it to other blind or visually impaired people? Oh, that's a f- totally fair question. Um, so I'm I'm what we call a low partial, which means that I have low vision. So I, I can see, but not well enough to drive or to read small print reliably. Um, you know, I get eye fatigue very quickly. And mm-hmm. so this is why it took me like three weeks because I, and I'm sure I still missed stuff, but I paused the movie in various places where lots of visual stuff was happening so that I could try to catch all the nuance of uh, all the all the visual gags. But but if someone who is fully sighted would most likely catch more of that stuff than I would. But I just got tired of waiting. <laughs> I got tired of waiting for <laughs> UHF to get described. So I'm like, I'm just going to do my best and see how it goes. But uh, in, in the audio description industry, um, blind people do have a pretty, uh, even totally blind people have a 
really great um, opportunity to to get some employment, to make some money. Um, some some companies are not as readily ready to hire blind people. They're not always as accepting or ready to hire blind people because they don't think they don't think we can do it or they don't see how we could do it. But uh, Audio Eyes, uh, which is one of the audio description companies that I truly I, I love this, these guys because they hire a lot of blind people. Um, and what, what we do is usually a sighted person will watch the movie and write the script. And then a blind person will record, so they will voice the audio description track. So sometimes it's a sighted person, sometimes it's a blind person. And we do it with um, time codes. So they'll say like at 1 minute and 27 seconds, this happens. And so the blind person will jump their their audio editing software to that specific time code and they will put the the audio description in from the script Hmm. Uh, and then we have blind and low vision audio editors as well Um, there's also quality quality assurance people so people who watch finished products and say you know what that description was really condescending or that description wasn't um, descriptive enough, or there was a lot of space there and you really could fit more description in there. We would really like more, more input or more uh, detail. Uh, so, so there's a lot of employment opportunity for people who are blind or low vision in the audio description industry. So long as you find a company that is, you know, open-minded enough to hire blind people. Byron, your fandom for Weird Al goes back quite a bit. I mean, you were active on the IRC channels and Usenet, which I was active on for a very short amount of time. I was definitely more active on Usenet than I was on IRC. And you've also attended uh, Alcon 2000. So, But what can you tell us about the early days and how you became a Weird Al fan? Oh, totally. Um, you know, my first Weird Al album was probably later than some of you guys. I, I know that some of you got into it in the 80s um, and and can proudly say, oh, my first album was Weird Al Yankovic or in 3D. <laughs> um, my, my very first demented song I ever heard that I can think of, that I can remember, was not a Weird Al song. It was actually Cocktails for Two by Spike Jones. Um, and I heard that on a radio reading service for the blind. It's a, a radio station that plays uh, basically books, magazines, and newspapers. And Jim Bigler of Bigler's World, that's the name of his show, he was the guy that did the kids' ma- magazines on Wednesday afternoons. And he would start off the beginning and end the show with this crazy hiccup song. And, and I was like, this is weird. I, I want a copy of it. So I called Jeannie at the radio station and I said, is there any way, is there any way that you guys can send me that song or tell me what it is or something, something, because it's just cool and I want it. So she sent me the entire uh, Dr. Demento 20th anniversary uh, CD on cassette. Wow. Not just the one song, but the entire CD. <laughs> so that was, you know, like hardcore <laughs> early piracy, man. I was like pirating in 94. <laughs> wow. Um, so I, I heard, of course, you know, Eat It was on there. And um, I don't remember what other Weird Al songs were on there, but I really got into comedy music from that tape. And um, hence, then I started buying things like the 25th anniversary CD. And then uh, I, I got like these truck stop compilations of comedy music, you know, these really like, you know, uh, Looney Tunes or, you know, the, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like totally. the $10 cheap 
compilation sure, yeah. of novelty records, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. We've all been there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I got those. Um, and my first real exposure to like hardcore Weird Al fandom was in 1996. At the very end of 96, I believe, I got a copy of Bad Hair Day because I heard phony calls at the zoo. There was this boo at the zoo thing. It was a Halloween thing, uh, you know, for kids. And, and um, the DJ played phony calls. And I'm like, what is this song? I've, I've heard earache, my eye and dead puppies and fish heads. And I, I wanted this guy's voice sounds familiar. What is this phony calls? And so I went up to the DJ and he told me, it showed, she showed me the, uh, the album cover and I went, Oh my God, yes, I have to have it. So we went to Walmart and I bought <laughs> bad hair day and uh weird Al's greatest hits volume two. Uh, those were my first two weird Al tracks. And of course, you know, uh, as any obsessed weird Al fanboy would do, I went on the internet and I found all these websites about weird Al and learned about the, the magic of 27 and <laughs> I found out about the weird Al chat room and the, the news groups. Yeah. And uh, so I, I actually have a really cool story to tell you about. I, if, if, if she's listening to this right now, I hope I can maybe reconnect with somebody. Uh, there was a person on news on the news groups who went by the name of poodles fly 27. Uh, she lived in Phoenix when I lived there. And I had mentioned that I was blind and that I was going to the Weird Al concert and I was wondering if anybody else was going to go because I would really like, like to hang out with people before and after. And if there's a chance to meet Al, it's easier for me to, you know, be with another person or be in a group so that I can, you know, it's, it's harder for me to see like, oh, oh man, all the, all the hardcore Al fans are right. heading to the back of the <laughs> arena. You know, oh, right. we saw the tour bus around back. We're all <laughs> going back there, you know? So... So uh, Sandy actually knows John, and um, so she got me a backstage pass to meet Weird Al at the Celebrity. Oh, and the Celebrity Theater was so awesome because it was a stage that was in the round. So I got to see, like, I got to see from the drummer's perspective and the keyboardist's perspective, and I got oh, to see yeah. I was I was right by the orchestra pit, so I got to see them hand Al his accordion from the orchestra pit, wow. and then I got to go backstage with Sandy, and I met I met people like Fred, and um, you know I, I met all the hardcore fan people that were always backstage and hanging out, and and um, it was awesome. It was it was just totally awesome. That was my first Weird Al meet and greet experience, and. I'll, I still have pictures up on my Facebook of that. I'll never forget that moment. It was, it was, it was definitely awesome. There have been other Weird Al meet and greets that I've been to. I've interviewed uh, John Bermuda Schwartz for my local community FM station, um, cool. and I've I've gotten Al to record IDs for our radio station. Um, so that was really cool. Wow! But uh, that first one was memorable <laughs> because oh, of because of news groups. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. The latest edition of UHF that was put out on DVD and Blu-ray was for the 25th anniversary. We just passed the 30th anniversary, but hopefully maybe for the 32nd anniversary or the 33rd anniversary, even the 35th anniversary, it'd be a nice bonus track to get somewhere on the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, you know, mind meld type thing that they're doing in the future. A nice audio descriptor track for UHF, and we know just the perfect person to... Uh, record that when that opportunity comes up <laughs> oh man i would love that i would love to remaster this track that i did um and get it in included on a blu-ray or 4k disc or something uh, that's where they usually show up on physical media so 
I hope that happens, man. That would that would be so awesome. Me too. Byron, this is so amazing to have you on the podcast. Really appreciate what you're doing for the visually impaired and also just people who enjoy those sorts of tracks for UHF. And of course, your weekly two-hour radio show, The Fun Zone. We can get all the information about you by heading over to byronlee.com. That's B-Y-R-O-N-L-E-E.com. And if anyone wants to check out the full UHF audio description track, head to byronlee.com slash uhf.mp3 and you can check it out there. And this has been so much fun, Byron. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I've, I've, I love your podcast. So it's been a pleasure to finally be on the show. And you guys take care. Goodbye. 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 Thank you so much for sharing your story and talent with us, Byron. I'm so still impressed how Byron can keep up with 200 <laughs> podcasts. I mean, I really need to step up my game. I guess the key is just to make sure you subscribe to as many podcasts as you can and then just take a long nap. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Thanks, Byron. You know, Dave, that whole IRC and Usenet stuff, it just sounds like it was a lot of fun. It was a fun time in the Weird Al fandom. And I just love hearing about it and, you know, how Weird Al fans interacted before Facebook and social media and our group on Facebook and our podcast. Well, Ethan, that is a great segue for our next guest. Long before you and I were doing Strings Attached Bonus Centimeter episodes for the podcast, I teamed up with Alicia Bonviri of the Yankachik News Network, and together we did video reviews of the ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. Alicia not only created the Yankachik News Network channel, she also hosted the 2015 World of Weird Al Yankovic Forum Awards. Together, Alicia and I shared moderating duties on the World of Weird Al Yankovic Forum. And in Alicia's spare time, she competes with me in a weekly Fitbit Work Week Hustle Challenge. It is our great pleasure to welcome Alicia Bonviri to the podcast. Hey, Alicia, how's it going? Hey. I'm nervous, but thank you for having me. Oh, don't be nervous. I forgot I did all those things. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're going to get into into Y&N, and we're going to get into all your video projects in a little bit. But first, I just have to tell you how much fun I had filming those concert reviews. And a big thank you for making me look like I knew what I was doing and making me sound (laughs) Unlike here, where I have um, an unpaid intern, Frank, to make me sound good. I know each week that you had to actually do all that video editing yourself. So, I mean, (laughs) good job. And that's a lot of work. So, I really appreciate you making me look good. Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. How did you get into video editing? I don't know. I was like 12 and wanted to make fan videos of stuff with Windows Media, like Media Maker. (laughs) And then I just really enjoyed it. It kept going. And yeah. And here we are. (laughs) That brings us to modern day. I was really thrilled because I got to be in one of Dave's review videos for the State Theater in Ithaca, New York, and that was really a lot of fun. And possibly the first time Dave and I reviewed something together before the podcast came out a year later. Oh, wow. 
See, Ethan, I knew Mystery. you would have so much fun doing that video clip with me that you would want to do a review of every single show with me on the Strange Attached Tour in excruciating, painful detail. <laughs> See what you've inspired, Alicia? <laughs> <laughs> well, audio is a lot easier to work with. <laughs> That's true. And we have the, you know, the intern Frank that Dave mentioned. <laughs> Where did your inspiration uh, come from to start the Yanko Chick News Network? So it actually came about through like a few different ideas converging simultaneously. Like I was in community college at the time and there was a class project to basically like make a big personalized art project. And everyone else was doing like more traditional art or like vector art and illustrator and such. But I was more interested in video production. So when I was trying to think of like what I could make a video of, I thought back to the Wowway Awards and I love doing that. So I was like, well, why not do something else like that again? And boom, YNN. <laughs> you mentioned the Wowway Awards. That's the world of Weird Al Yankovic forum, weirdalforum.com. I think it still exists out there somewhere. And you got to host and show off your video editing skills for the uh, 2015 version of mm -hmm. the Wowway Awards, and they were pretty impressive. I guess I was very blown away seeing that. You know, I think that was the first time, maybe the first time you did any kind of video editing like that at that kind of level, and you oh, really yeah. just blew it out of the park. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to back it up a little bit. Tell us what is Wowway, what is the forum, and what were the awards? I'd love to hear about this. I think Ethan was a little bit late coming into the whole uh, world of Weird Al Yankovic for him. Yeah, I was a, a lone wolf for a while as a Weird Al fan until uh, I met you, Dave, and then uh, eventually people like you, Alicia. So it took me a while, but I, I eventually found the community. Well, the important part is finding it. doesn't matter what form it's in. I mean, that is a good, that is a good point, though. I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Wowie is? What, what was a world of Weird Al Yankovic for him? Well, Wowway R.I.P. was the place where we all gathered <laughs> to talk about Weird Al. It's a, it's, it's kind of like Reddit, but it's just for Weird Al. <laughs> it's only the Weird Al section of Reddit, and it's, there's so many different sections. And we added persons to try to liven up the place and. That worked for a bit, and that's where we did the Wowway Awards. That's where everybody kind of met each other. Like, people were regulars. Everyone knew each other. Would meet each other at concerts. It was it was a good time, and we nominated each other for silly awards like <laughs> best avatar or like best member and everything else. Like, just silly <laughs> little forum awards. <laughs> that year, I remember like Bermuda won most of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let me make sure I got this right. So you guys had a Weird Al forum where fans would post and discuss and do all that stuff. And then you guys have created an award show just for people who posted on the forum. Yep. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it, was a, it was a very tight community. I mean, there was, you know, there was a lot of, I don't know, there were days where there were hundreds of posts you know a day oh yeah before. it was very active for a, a really long time and it really mm -hmm. was the only outlet 
for many, many years for Weirdow fans to gather together. And as such, you know, just like, you know, now on the Facebook groups on Reddit and everything, you get these little bunches of Weird Al fans where there were all these Weird Al fans that got together, you know, and they became friends over the years and, and we're still friends with a lot of them. And they made this nice little community. And, you know, and then there were certain people that had little niches, like people who always had fun little avatars where they always would post something funny or they would always... Or people would post their concert reviews, and then if somebody went into nice detail, you'd give them a little award at the end of each year, you know, to thank them for their contributions to the uh, forum. And Alicia, you know, was, uh, we had, I don't know how many we had, we had them every year for many, many years. And one of the years, um, Alicia stepped up and she decided to put together a award ceremony and i don't think it had been done before but she put it all on video wow. which was i think a first for the forum and certainly made them very entertaining to, to watch <laughs> well actually the time before the the huawei awards previous to that john katz had actually put together a bunch of videos it wasn't quite the same but it definitely inspired like the web series format that i did for the 2015 awards <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, John did put together a whole bunch of, of videos. Um, and then for your videos as well, you kind of not just did them by yourself, but you reached out to a couple of other fans as well, right? And you had them yes. record certain parts, and then you did all the video editing together. So it wasn't just it wasn't just Alicia presenting the awards and the winners. It was different various members of the forum, you know, presenting mm -hmm. awards and winners as well. It was pretty much like an award show. It was like <laughs> you watching the Grammys or watching the Emmys. You know, Alicia was able to recreate that in her videos. It was amazing and make them funny as well. Wow. Now, I know that, you know, you had mentioned that you, Bermuda had gotten involved in some of the videos as well, but I understand that even got a special guest to appear in one of the videos. Why don't you tell us how that happened and who that guest was? So from the very beginning of the 2015 Huawei Awards, Bermuda was just like really into it. And maybe it's because <laughs> he was winning every category. I don't know, but <laughs> it wasn't very difficult to ask him for like the initial award announcing video that he did but like as it was as it kept going the first show of the mandatory fun tour was going to be in vegas and it overlapped with the wellway awards and i was still producing the show at the time so i, I was kind of nudged into asking bermuda for backstage passes to like do something for the wellway awards and i was like really nervous about it but he was basically like Heck yeah, let's do it. So I was like, okay. So, like he was just handing out backstage passes. I mean, he, it was already like, I don't want to be asking for backstage passes. This is so scary. But he was like, yeah, totally. Huawei Awards, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so after the show, Al was like, understandably exhausted for like, you know, the first show of a new tour. But he was still a really good sport about it. And we found the first like, off-limits type of room that was there which was like a laundry room area people ask about that room all the time <laughs> and we hadn't really written anything for it and I was so nervous being in the same room as Al at the time I was like I could barely say anything and all we had written down was like the nominees for the category for Al to say and everything else was pretty much improv so and then Amara and Bermuda had their own like improv bit and it was just very silly, very fun. <laughs> That's so incredible. <laughs> Do you remember what the category was? 
I think it was like member of the year or like best member, whatever the member one is. Okay. And and Bermuda one. Bermuda one. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia or Dave, did either of you ever win an award? I'm pretty sure you must have won a, you must have won an award. You're such a such an important member to that that forum. Uh, oh boy! Like, certainly, you know, certainly, I don't, I don't know if there was a 2016 Huawei Awards or not. I can't remember, but if not, your series for the 2015 Huawei Awards certainly should have been nominated and won that at a minimum. <laughs> and to answer your question, Ethan, yes, I, I definitely won um, awards. I think I'm the only person on the forum, at least when I was active on the forum to have won an award in every single Huawei Awards from the beginning. Wow. That's yep. an award in and of itself. <laughs> I think so. I think there was one time I was a little bit nervous. I was like, uh-oh, I better start, uh, better start getting really friendly with the, uh, with the voters. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure, Alicia, you won awards. And uh, there's probably an archive somewhere over on the forum that will tell us every single winner from every single award ceremony. So, oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I won Best Inca Chick. 18 plus that year. <laughs> oh, okay. <Yes. laughs> Dave, did you ever win best Yanko chick? <laughs> that was the first no, year that I was thought... called that. <laughs> I don't ever remember winning, winning best Yanko chick. And, <laughs> and certainly Alicia deserved that award for all of her <laughs> Yanko chick posts that she made that year. <laughs> Alicia had a great way of finding all the amazing, um, as she would, I used, or as any of the female or any of the people who were attracted to Al would call them from the, uh, the really sexy Al pictures. And, and there was a whole thread just about the people yeah. who post, uh, as many sexy <laughs> weird Al pictures baby. as they could. <laughs> what have I been missing out all these years? And it was one of the most popular threads on the forum as well. Yeah. Yes. It's definitely one of the most popular threads. <laughs> All right, well, since we have an expert with us, Alicia, what constitutes a sexy Weird Al picture? Oh, boy. Well, there's a few different types. If I was on my other computer, I could pull up the different folders. But (laughs) (laughs) I love that you have them organized in folders. Yes. Just a general overview. (laughs) (laughs) And they range in rating from G to X. Well, not X. <laughs> There's no X. No, like, real X. Right. Okay. <laughs> what would be an example of an X? Like, like the, the cover of the Off the Deep End album, would that be rated R or rated X? <laughs> yeah, close. Or, like, depending on... There's some uh, screen caps uh, where... If you pause correctly, it looks like Al might be making a certain sort of face, and that could be constituted as R rating. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a whole corner of the Weird Al fandom I never considered before. <laughs> oh, and there's a specific face he makes while doing the accordion. We call it accordion sex face. And he, like, stretches it out really wide, and he, like, makes that really, like, O face, and he's like, ah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) 
And you'll notice that Alicia won the award in the 18 plus categories. So that should give you the kind of idea of what kind of pictures uh, were being posted by Alicia and all the other Yanko chicks on the forum. Wow. <laughs> in good taste, though. Respectful. Oh, of course. Very <laughs> respectful. <laughs> Alicia, I, I know I've uh, been to concerts that you've been to a number of times. I think the last time I saw you in person was at the Wolf Trap concert on the Strings Attached Tour. And uh, before that, may, it may have been at the Star Ceremony. But I notice every time you're always wearing a chicken hat. What can you tell us about the chicken hat? Well, his name is Billy, <laughs> of course, because that's what you name a chicken. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he originates from the 2006 Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta? It's an international gathering of hot air balloonists. And it's a huge like festival. There's stands of food and like just there was that. There was a hat shop that I got them from, like a little hat stand and... There's just a huge festival. There's hot air balloons. They light them up. There's fireworks and food, and it's it's great. Happens every fall, and it's so much traffic in Albuquerque. It's so much traffic. All the streets are blocked up, and there's usually construction. And but it's great. It's wonderful. It's very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> and so, how did that hat? Just because it was from Albuquerque, it became, you know, the Weird Al hat of choice for your concert viewing. It just right like the, oddly <laughs> enough the, his first outing was not a weird al concert but it was actually a jim gaffigan show it didn't actually like afterwards it was like maybe this isn't the right venue exactly for this but like <laughs> when i went to my first and second weird al concerts later that that year or the next year it was like middle school so 2007 or something but that's how i remember years is by what grade i was in but <laughs> I warmed to the Weird Al concert, and I was like, you know what? This is this is right. This is where he belongs. I mean, you're certainly recognizable at any Weird Al concert. Anyone who's been to a Weird Al concert that you've also been to has definitely seen the chicken hat, and they can certainly place who you are by just saying chicken hat. You know, so. <laughs> <I> <laughs> That's <love> amazing. That. <laughs> And I understand the chicken hat's got a little following of his own because on one of the tours, I guess the mandatory fun tour where they were giving out uh, the little berets at the VIP signings, Billy the Chicken, I guess, was apparently upset that he didn't have a little beret, and he ended up getting gifted his own little beret. That's right. <laughs> How did that come about? How did Billy get his own beret? Well, he had a few transformations over the years. He started out playing, but for uh, about Internet Leaks Apocalypse Tour, he had like a peacock tail feather to go with, perform this way. <laughs> and then most of, most of Mandatory Fun, he had a foil hat. But then <laughs> when the VIP party started being a thing and everyone was getting berets, I was like, well, I can't wear a beret because I already have Billy, but Billy could wear a beret. So. And it happened to be my birthday day that time so jw was nice enough to get it organized to have billy have his little ombre for that <laughs> that is amazing <laughs> what a guy that jw <laughs> <laughs> 
And what a collectible piece for anybody who's trying to collect everything weird out. Now he's not only got to find a bray in your size that'll fit your head, but now he's got to find a little chicken head size <laughs> for your collection as well. I feel like Billy's a collection piece all on his own. I think so. I think Billy needs his own fan page if he doesn't have one already. Yeah, really. I, I should start that. <laughs> what has Al said about Billy? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, there was like uh, 2010, I don't know, internet leaks in like Mesa, Arizona. And I was in the front row and he, that was the first time he like noticed Billy. And he was like, you know, like, hello, Mesa. And then he was like, Hi, chicken, like over to me. I was like, that was weird. Why did he do that? <laughs> I also got my first wannabe or lover experience and a Yoda solo during that show. So apparently, like, Billy is, like, way to go. Like, that's how you attract attention. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I need to start wearing a chicken hat. <laughs> Yeah, he, he recognizes me by Billy. One time I wasn't wearing Billy and he was like, oh, I was expecting like the chicken to be on you. Like when he, when I went up with him and he was like, oh, <laughs> so I've had nightmares where I go to Fred Al concerts and I don't have Billy because that's how <laughs> ingrained. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Now, Alicia, you've recently started a new Instagram page that I'd love for you to tell us about. It's Instagram.com slash Silly Woo Designs. Um, yes. <laughs> so it's silly and it's woo. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I'm trying to start a business of art like doing some cute art pieces and including some Weird Al fan art. I already have one piece out and everything that I post on my Instagram is also available on my Redbubble store. It's like stickers and t-shirts and what pretty much anything that Redbubble has to offer usually. And I'm been I'm making more Weird Al fan art, but also other cute things if you're interested in cute things. I, I feel like people like cute things. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Al's a cute thing too, so he fits right in. I really, you got cute corgis, you got cute lilac bears, you got cute starry penguins, and you've got cute Weird Al stickers. Yep. So you've got everything on there that's just really cute. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, the first Weird Al one you did is really great. It's 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 a recreation of the Al photo where he's holding the little baby deer, and I don't know what the origin of that photo is, uh, <laughs> but I love it. And I yeah, love we were trying to figure it out. <laughs> I love your representation we're like, where did this of it. Come from? <laughs> I just remember it coming out sometime around Mandatory Fun, and we were like, "Well, is this attached to anything?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It's just a promotional." photo and he, my husband because he was putting together a description he was trying to figure out like how do we you know the seo of everything how do we connect this he was like what is this a promotional photo for and i'm like i don't know it just came out of nowhere he's holding a deer <laughs> it's a good picture yeah. <laughs> yeah, i don't know the origin of that picture either it, it is a very perfect weird owl picture i mean if you think you know weird owl holding a deer i mean sure why not you know it's it's weird out perfectly but yeah 
I don't know how it fits the mandatory fun theme, but it's apparently it somehow does. <laughs> I guess in order to have a lot of fun, you should really walk around and carry deer with you. Or I guess I don't know. <laughs> Well, what's really exciting is people can check out your shop and they can get that cute design as well as other cute and funny designs by heading over to sillywoo.redbubble.com. And I highly recommend it. I cannot wait to put some of these stickers all over my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) What I like about it, too, is that they offer things like dresses and skirts. And there's I've always felt that there's been like kind of a lack of female-directed Weird Al merchandise, and I I tried dipping into it a bit, uh, like, gray area legally before with some strings-attached dresses, and that turned out pretty well. So I'm trying to do that again with, like, slightly better legally uh, designs <laughs> with, like, <laughs> more female, so more uh, female or people who like dresses, Weird Al fans can enjoy that type of merch that's awesome thank you so much for joining us alicia if we want to check out all of your awesome designs and products we can head over to instagram.com slash silly woo designs and silly woo.redbubble.com alicia thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me this was a lot of fun i love talking about weird Al. <laughs> us too <laughs> <laughs> and we love seeing all your weird Al creations so keep them coming definitely Oh, that was fun chatting with Alicia. Be sure to check out her Instagram, Silly Woo Designs. They're really pretty stinking majestic. Yeah, I was flipping through there. There's so many great options, you know, stickers, tote bag, dresses. Are you going to get a dress, Dave? I think I'm going to get a bumper sticker and a window decal for my next road trip. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota, uh beautiful it's also accessible darwin minnesota is home to a stretch of u.s highway 12 the highway runs right through rustic darwin minnesota and it's a main route for the community and tourists did you know that u.s highway 12 runs from aberdeen washington birthplace of nirvana's kurt cobain all the way to detroit michigan birthplace of alice cooper's alice cooper The Minnesota section of US-12 is defined as routes 149, 26, and 10 in Minnesota statutes 161.11580 and 161.1142. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each week, we're able to bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito, Angel Valenzuela and his son David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, and our amazing Patreon supporters like Dave, William, Angel, Jackson, and so many more. Revenue from our incredible supporters on Patreon.com slash 2000inch allows us to continue doing what we love, which is making fantastically fun, funny, and family-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. 
Head over to shop.2000inch.com for official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirts, official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast tote bags, official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast mugs, official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast tank tops, official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast face mask, official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast pillows, and official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast more. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com where you can find information about all of our guests and listen to past episodes like episode 35inch where we interview Al's hairstylist, Sean James. Please join our Facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 2000inch and at youtube.2000inch.com. Be sure to share our posts and tell your friends to gill and chill. We love it when you leave us voicemail via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline 347 spatula. You might even hear your message on the air, like that one we played from some guy this week. You can catch our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or the podcast app of your choice. Whichever you choose, be sure to hit that subscribe button to ensure you don't miss new episodes right when they drop each and every Wednesday. It's a new year, and you know what that means. At some point, we will begin airing our series of bonus episodes where we sit down with the great John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page, picture by picture, through his new book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Time is running out for you to grab the book if you want to be able to follow along with those bonus episodes. Plus, it's a great gift to give someone for the apocalypse. Thank you once again to this week's guests, Alicia Bonviri, Byron Lee, and a big thanks to all of our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone who made this episode and our podcast possible. You know, Ethan, I think I have an idea who might have called our 347 spatula hotline this week. You're right, Dave. The jig is up. I think it was you who called our podcast hotline. You know that couldn't possibly have been me. I was way too busy spending all day staring at the sun and trying not to squint. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 88-inch. Soon to be known as Dave and Ethan's 2021-inch Weird Al podcast. Oh my god, when this podcast gets up to 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious weird owl. <laughs>